Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. This episode of Life as an Observer is made possible by patron support. If you'd like to support this program, you can visit patron.podbean.com backslash life as an observer to learn more. Welcome to Life as an Observer. I'm excited to be back. Uh, I had teased this episode on my Instagram, and uh, I think I'd just been sort of sitting with it before I decided to offer this as a, as a podcast. So uh, today's uh, topic is um, kind of an interesting one. It's one that I've actually had to, to sit with for quite a while, and it's regarding deep intimacy with our own life experience, um, sometimes just uh, called acceptance. And I want to begin today's uh, podcast uh, kind of in a, in, a, in a little different way. But first of all, those who are uh, patrons, I'm just really grateful for, for you guys, uh, and those who are supporting this uh, ad-free podcast I designed it in that way. Now, there's a lot of products that I, that I like, and it's not that I wouldn't uh, have uh, ads if it was something that I believed in. But for the most part, I really just wanted to to make this ad-free. So um, offering a patron option has been a, a really uh, beautiful experience for me and uh, ways to getting to know some of the patrons, being able to offer different content and longer content and so forth. But you can find that at... Um, patron.podbean uh, forward slash life as an observer. I'll put a link down in the in the show notes, but um, consider uh, joining the, the patrons. They offer uh, individual breathwork courses on there, some additional content. Sometimes I just record some of the live classes that I teach and then offer those. Um, waiting for a few more p- uh, patrons to join the page, uh, and then we'll start offering uh, monthly uh, just patron only. Uh, we'll call them live casts. I know that Podbean has an option on there, or we could do it on Zoom or some other platforms. But anyway, really interested to do that. Take a look at it. I'll send put the link down in the show notes if you're at all interested in kind of going deeper with your spiritual practice. Uh, like I said, this this podcast is really about being an observer. Um, as I sit here in my in my studio, I've my altar sitting next to me and a couple statues of Buddha and I have a candle burning and uh, some sage burning and all these different crystals and all these different tools that help me observe um, maybe my current environment. But once you pick them up, then you're able to kind of kind of navigate your internal environment, you know, so holding a crystal or sitting with the things that you've taught, uh, been taught. So I want to um, let you know that there are going to be many retreats coming up in the very near future. Um, I usually put them in the in the show notes, but 
Um, if you follow me at Ryan Bean Yoga, you'll see more about them. I've been working a lot with um, doing more with cold immersion through the Wim Hof method, and I'll be doing some retreats of that. Um, actually, as soon as I get back, I'm actually going to Poland in January, so next month, um, to spend a week in Poland uh, studying uh, uh, Wim Hof method stuff uh, for my mastery program. And um, then I'll be coming back and doing many, many breathwork courses and cold immersion stuff, uh, classes and, and retreats. In addition, I'm doing a lot of work with plant medicine and uh, additionally with ketamine. And I think we're going to be planning another retreat. Uh, I just finished one last weekend here in southern Utah. And we're going to be offering another one uh, in March. So uh, just keep uh, keep an eye out for that. I'll, uh, as soon as we confirm the date, I'll have that also in the show notes and on my uh, Instagram so that you can sign up for that. Um, super transformational weekends of guided facilitation. We include getting into the to the the river or the little spring there that's kind of into a pond, but it's uh, definitely an ice bath. We had to shatter the ice to get in it last weekend. We had to cut it open and and get in there. And uh, we did a lot of yoga and uh, breath work. I did this with my friends at Satori Health and Wellness, and um, we had Scott uh, Scott Allen on the podcast uh, several episodes ago if you're interested in hearing more about ketamine-assisted therapy and how that works out. Um, made a lot of new friends at the retreat too. Some some work we're going to be doing with um, with MDMA uh, and psilocybin. And anyway, just it's it's super exciting, uh, transformational stuff. That um, really just grateful that I'm having the opportunity to um, receive, not just as a as a we'll call it as a patient, but as a practitioner but also as, a, as an instructor, being able to, to utilize these tools, just like we've been using, you know, sage and crystals and, you know, uh, different techniques as tools. Well, now we, we're using these plants as tools. So look for those coming up in the very, very near future. Um, in addition, I am offering a breathwork course on uh, Insight Timer uh, starting uh, February the 4th. So if you're at all interested in that, I will also put that in the show notes. Um, you can sign up through Insight Timer, that meditation app, that beautiful, amazing meditation app, and uh, and you can join me for six weeks. That's a 12-hour uh, breathwork program. Anyway, I'm just really excited about that. It's Breathe the Manifest Miracles. We talk about manifestation techniques and creating intentional spaces, and then, of course, breathwork. So, um I think I have some other announcements, but I'll put them in later. You know, a lot of stuff happening um, around in my world, and I think that's really about, uh, for me, it's at least about letting it flow and kind of having acceptance of all the hard times and the good times and, and letting things flow so that 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 is waiting for me can be received. And uh, I want to start today's episode off with a, a quote from uh, Jeff Foster, and I know he wrote some books about acceptance and... Um, I think uh, I think his book is called Deepest Acceptance. I believe um, I, I like a lot of his quotes uh, that he that he puts out there on his on his social media. But this one says, "Why does it often take extreme life situations to bring back an awareness of the magic and mystery of life? Why do we often wait until we're about to die before discovering a deep gratitude for life as it is? Why do we exhaust ourselves seeking love?" 
acceptance, fame, success, or spiritual enlightenment in the future? Why do we work or meditate ourselves into the grave? Why do we postpone life? Why do we hold back from it? What are we looking for exactly? What are we waiting for? What are we afraid of? Will the life we long for really come in the future? Or is it always closer than that? And I guess that's the real question is, is it closer than that? And we'll go on to kind of talk about that. But is the life that you've been waiting for closer than all this work and this holding back and this emotions and these ins and outs and all these different things that are happening in our lives? Do we need to navigate those or can we simply maybe take a pause? And that's what we're going to explore today on Life as an Observer. I'm... uh, wrote the post, and if you haven't seen it, I'm just going to kind of read parts of it to you, but I wrote a post uh, maybe earlier last week, and I I wrote something that said, you may think that riches will bring you happiness, and you may think that more followers will bring you deeper connections, maybe a more expansive network, but what you're really longing for is a deep intimacy with your own experience in your life. The deepest acceptance of every thought, every acceptance of every sensation, the deepest acceptance of every feeling, even the ones that don't feel good, and I would hint, even, especially the ones that don't feel good, that cannot come from outside of yourself. I looked for more friends and watched them not stand by me when I was learning my way in this world. I watched connections come and go, and I have lived through betrayal, and I've sat in my own shame of who I was on my path to awakening. You must look within and accept that you are divinity and you are shadow. You are light and darkness interwoven in the beautiful, amazing, horrific, beautiful, and sometimes hostile world. I'm so happy we're on this journey together. That's really going into deepest acceptance, saying I'm okay with it being really horrible and I'm okay with it being really great and I'm okay with it just being the way it is. So what does that mean to to accept? And so I'm going to kind of break this down into three things that are acceptance or what we're accepting, what's preventing us, and then, of course, how to move forward. Acceptance of thoughts. Well, this is, first of all, the maya, the yogis call this the illusion of the self, is accepting that you have a narrative that you believe you are a certain role in this life that you believe um your your gender that you are your role at home you believe your your role at work you believe in all these different things this is who i am and this is the this is what i wear this is the time i wake up this is like the acceptance of these thoughts now keep in mind that our thoughts most of them are repeating from the day before So um, most of this illusion comes from a previous image and a previous image and a previous image that is all stemming from usually uh, like what Jeff Foster talked about is that, you know, had this traumatic event or something that's happening and we live in that as our maya, as our illusion. And that illusion of self becomes our thoughts. So our thoughts are, I am this. Um, thing that happened. I am this trauma. 
I am this because that happened to me. So this is why I act or feel this certain way. So we need to accept that those thoughts are going to come in. Doesn't mean we need to change them at all. Um, I'm going to talk about Tara Brock here in a little bit, but she has a meditation called Rain that I've taught a few times that I really, really love. And it really emphasizes that acceptance, that just being aware of what's happening and allowing it to happen is part of that, that process. So another thing that we must accept is the expectations that we set and that others set upon us. You cannot accomplish everything that everyone wants of you and everything that you want of yourself and still keep that sense of calm and that sense of being an observer. You tend to be a follower at that point and just getting things done. And sometimes there's a lot of us that when we are running around in expectation, we feel quite productive. I'm getting this done and I'm getting this done. I, I use a day planner myself and I check things off the list as they come in and it's wonderful and great and it feels really good to to check things off your list. But what are we doing to our mind when we set ourselves into that conditioning that we must accomplish to feel fulfilled, that we are not okay if we do nothing? And listen, friends, I'm coming off of a, of a day of doing nothing but self-work maybe even a full weekend, we'll just be real, like it really started Friday and then went into yesterday and today, even though I've taught a few courses online and I've done a few other things, but I don't have an expectation of what I need to get accomplished. You know, part of me wants to get out there and do it and get all the holiday stuff done and, you know, do some laundry and knock some things out out of the, out of the park doing, you know, different tasks because I have them written in my planner. But that's just simply expectation of myself. Whereas what actually feels good right now is to do a lot of nothing, just, you know, talking to you and sitting, sitting patiently. And sometimes that's, we're going to go into it a little bit more, but that sometimes that's the best way to remove reactions and to get away from the sensations that you feel in your body that tell you more, more, more is better. When we take a pause, you find that um, we can better witness and, and kind of get out of our expectations of what we think life is supposed to be to where we can really get to where we can receive it. Now, the final acceptance area, I suppose, the acceptance of, of our thoughts, but there's also this difference between perspective and truth. And I've talked about this on the podcast probably several times, but what we believe is not necessarily the truth. And what others believe is not necessarily the truth. And there is this line, not a really definitive line, but one that exists nonetheless, that is perspective. And then, then there's truth. And most things that I think of as truth come along the ways of, you know, within the, the definition of laws of the universe. So we know that there's truth in you know, that there maybe is a sun, that it's warm, but what we feel is perspective. I feel warmth on my skin, whereas someone may not feel that. They feel the cold of the wind, you know. Um, and another perspective is that um, has to do with what we see. We could see clouds and, and say, uh, 
it's not a very good day. It's very cloudy. Or we could be like uh, others who love the clouds and go, today is such a great day because there's clouds for me to look at. Again, that's all perspective. And it's accepting our thoughts, whatever they lead us to, and saying, okay, is this perspective or truth? And this is a really great activity as we go into kind of what we can do to, to, ex- to move into acceptance. It's really just sitting back with those thoughts that come in from the, the neocortex, from your thinking mind, your analytical self, and saying, is this perspective or is this truth? Okay, now we've talked about acceptance of thoughts. Let's talk about acceptance of sensations. So we have something in our body, I talk about a lot of this in breath work, is we have this bottom-up regulation and this top-down regulation. So we have sensations in our bodies. And some of those come from, hey, I'm in pain. And so the mind goes, ah, you're in pain. Okay, so we need to breathe through that discomfort. And that is a bottom-up sensory and then a top-down regulation. And it can happen the opposite way too, where the mind sees something, where where your eyes see something, and it tells it to the mind, I believe that's a bear over there. What should I do? So that top-down regulation says we need to prepare for fight or flight. And so then you start to get this cortisol and adrenaline going through your body, and you then react. Well, you come to find out that it was simply just, you know, maybe a small animal that went running around in the bushes. It could have been lizard. I know when I lived in Florida, the lizards are everywhere. And you're like, what is the heck is that in the, in the, in the branches there? What is that in the, in the leaves? And, and it was just a small little lizard making all kinds of noise. Again, that was perspective versus our truth. But this is acceptance of the sensations that we feel. So as I feel that fight or flight response, or as I feel the need to run or hide or divert or distract, is to sit with them and saying, what am I feeling here? Not what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Am I feeling discomfort? Am I feeling pain? Or am I feeling suffering? And most of the time, that expectation um, of what we think it is, is just a perspective, which has led us down a road of suffering. But when we really go into truth, we tend to find out that that acceptance is really the pacifier, it is the comfort, it is the ease. Taking time to accept the sensations that you feel in the body, not as truth, but sometimes as just little messages coming from within, reminding you of your humanness and reminding you of your ability to persevere. Acceptance of all things. Now, that's a really hard one, right? All things that are contrasting and things that are beautiful. So how do we accept things that are uncomfortable? We talked about it a little bit, just sitting with it. But what about uh, the, the one that comes to my mind right away is getting into an ice bath, right? Most people say, well, I would do it, but it's really cold, right? Well, sure, it is, but it's supposed to be. And that hormetic stressor that happens and the inflammation decreaser and a lot of stuff that happens. But getting away from the benefits, just sitting with the acceptance of is this pain, is this discomfort, or is this suffering? I had my, my one of my teachers in India said to me uh, that when we control 
our breath, we control our mind. And when we control our mind, we can control our bodies. And so it sort of starts with the breath. But to do that, we need to slow down and pause. We need to slow down and pause and find out that the transformation is in that moment, not in the last one or not in our future thinking that says that's going to be cold. How about how do I feel right now? I'm feeling a little anxious. I'm feeling a little stressed. Awesome. I'm going to accept that that is part of this process and move forward. Moving into willpower. See, we have to accept all parts as part of the journey. I think that's, we talk about it all the time about how that is really truly living uh, when we can begin to notice and really appreciate that we are, the, the, the treasure is part of our journey, right? It's part of that. So acceptance of all things, not just the ones that feel good, but acceptance of the things that don't feel so good also. So what is preventing this from happening? We talked about acceptance of our thoughts, acceptance of the sensations, and acceptance of the contrast. Well, what's preventing this from happening is in this personal intimacy. Well, we get caught up. All right, we get caught up, friends. We get caught up into things like the news. And how many of you know someone who always has the news on and expecting the worst, and they turn on to see maybe something simple, like what's the weather going to be, but then they turn, you know, you get a news story of something that you would never even have had a concern about, but yet now it's consuming your day. You're concerned about a bacteria, a virus. You're concerned about a stock market crash. You're concerned about things that you have no control over. The same happens in social media, uh, even more amplified. You know, we're, we're looking for the gratification of acceptance from others by our likes and by our comments. But yet the acceptance really comes from, from within this. We have this expectation, this expectation that, that we need to be a certain way or we need to have so many likes for, it, for our message to be a good one, uh, which is not true. Um, you know, when I, when I first started making this podcast, I, I had nothing, I really didn't know what I was doing. Let's just be honest about it. And just was being called to do something to, to, to get the message out. And some, some of the podcasts get listens to, some of them get shared, some of them get comments. Some people are patrons. There's lots of, um, positive feedback, but then there's also, the negative stuff that we don't always talk about, right? We don't want to talk about it. And we tend to do that with our social media also, where we only show our, our celebrations. We only show our victories. We only show the things that we accomplished, but we, yet we didn't um, show all the times we fell working on the handstand, right? So, um, maybe it's something to sit back and, and saying what's preventing us from this deep intimacy with ourselves is that we're only celebrating the wins, not celebrating the journey. Who isn't dissatisfied with at least one part of their life, really? Maybe you wish you had a, a better body, a better workout, a better eating habit, and perhaps you dislike your inability to resist temptations and things, which, I mean, that could be your social media that's yeah, a temptation. Um, often we we dwell on our faults and we beat ourselves up because we aren't perfect, okay? But 
It doesn't have to be like this all the time. Um, in applying acceptance to your life, you can learn to judge yourself a little less harshly. And as a result, you become happier, calmer, and more well-rounded. I want to talk a little bit about how we begin to ac accept everything. So we talked about the, the thoughts and the sensations and the contrast and what's preventing us. But how do we really truly incorporate that into our lives? Well, have you ever had a dream where you're trying to do something like, I don't know, climb a, a big mountain or swim a large ocean? And no matter what happens, you just can't move and you're working hard and you just feel like you're going nowhere. It seems like a nightmare, right? Well, these dreams are thought to signify that deep down um, that your insides feel a little inadequate. That is as though you're doomed to fail forever. And so we wake up and sweat, you know, what is going on? Uh, it's no surprise that when we feel this way, in fact, we often move through our lives the same way, preoccupied with the stuff of the world, um, flailing around, gathering, fixated on narrow goals and things that elude us. And we just consider about how many of us go through our lives totally fix, fixated on our efforts to go somewhere, achieve something, do something, but even when we're engaged in these, you know, some, some of them enjoyable activities like talking to our friends or doing a game or, you know, whatever that is, we're simultaneously replaying our concerns about our future. Instead of occupying that moment, what we're thinking about um, the game or the activity. And we tend to, to not be in that moment where we think about our future or we think about what, we're, what we can say next that's clever or how we can one-up those. Um, it's, it's a very interesting to watch um, humans <laughs> justify who they think they are. And Ram Dass talks a lot about this. Like He says... Uh, I'll believe who you think you are if you believe who I think I am in this dance. He calls it the dance or the, the divine dance of Leela. There was a, a story that Tara Brock had talked about um, in her book, Radical Acceptance. And she talked about, um, I believe this was the 1970s, there was a, a tiger named Mohini who lived in the, the zoo in D.C. And after being in that small cage for years and years, Mohini was transferred to a, like this enclosure space, lots of like running area and a pond and trees and there was all kinds of stuff and they thought we just did a really good thing bringing mohini into this massive enclosure but despite that freedom that was offered mohini's mind kept her trapped in her old patterns of behavior and she began to to kind of pace um and maybe listen to that inner voice, that inner critic that says, I've only been living in this small space for so long. So, um, and began to like wear around the grass, you know, just kind of pacing, wearing away in this small corner of her enclosure, which was the space of her old cage. And I don't remember how long uh, Mohini was in that old cage, but long enough to create a pattern that it was, she was unable to break from. And just like Mohini, sometimes we don't free ourselves, but we can. 
The key to unlocking the cage is accept everything about our inner and outer selves. In order to do this, we must be aware of what's occurring in our bodies, and our minds, of course, without attempting to judge or control or resist the thoughts or feelings. Fostering this awareness and considering all of your thoughts, feelings, and sensations with an open and kind heart means that you'll be practicing something called acceptance. Now, you may have unwelcome thoughts all the time, and you may be finding yourself like Mohini where you feel sort of trapped. But acceptance silences that negative inner voice that's saying that I'm trapped and enables this self-acceptance and allows for freedom to occur. Well, how do we get there? Sometimes we, we, we got to take a pause, right? We, 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 did, we don't just have somebody operating these levers in our mind. We have to take a pause. So when you're dealing with something that's hard, maybe you've witnessed something or you've been involved in something, whatever that case is, um, we can't control the pain that comes from those situations, but we can, we can manage them. So if someone hurts you or lashes out or whatever, maybe they, they want to cut you out of their life or whatever that is, you can, you, you may find an appropriate reaction, meaning I'll relash out. No, I'll cut you off. No, I'll tell you what's wrong or what's right. But responding like this will really make you feel worse not, not any better. Why? Because when trying to escape a particular experience, it means we're, we're rejecting that experience as though it's not valid, right? And this is problematic because our personal experiences are an important part of what makes us who we are. So we have to accept, not reject, an experience even if it's painful, we, because if we do, we're rejecting part of ourselves and we're telling ourselves that we're uh, above that or better than that. Accept it and say, that's fine. But the more we try to change these uncontrollable situations, the more we feed our inadequacy. So there are better approaches. When faced with this troubling situation, these feelings, this argument, whatever that is for you, the best way is to take a moment and pause. Just by pausing, just take a second, the chance to recognize and observe your emotional and inner experience, your inner turbulence, your inner thoughts. You may feel as though there are certain things that are controlling you, whether it be getting on your favorite social media site or whether that be to eat something rather than exercise. I, I, I don't know what it is for you, but just by pausing for a moment and you can break down your thoughts clearly. We can see what desires, fears, and all these things that are motivating you and distracting you are coming up. After that pause, regardless of whatever you choose to do, you'll be able to make a more conscious choice rather than a reactive choice. So we have to be kind. In these distressing situations, we, we tend to panic because that's kind of built into our DNA, right? That fight or flight mechanism. And if this feels really familiar to you, then listen to this next part. We, one of the, the biggest fears of our civilization of humans is public speaking. And you know, those who are learning to speak who are having a hard time with it, you know, they'll get in front of stages and you can, you can notice, you can notice when someone is not comfortable speaking, they may 
uh, be stuttering or they may be using their words differently or you, they could be um, fidgeting. You can see it in their body language. And sometimes by us noticing that we're fidgety, nervous, um, that we're in that fight or flight mode and even admitting it to a, to ourselves, which is really a form of vulnerability, saying, uh-huh, I'm nervous. Uh-huh, this is uncomfortable. What you're doing is you're, you're facing your fear. You're facing these neg- this, the, what could be a negative experience and gaining the courage to express what you're feeling. This might be in your body. You might be sweating. You might, your heart might be racing. And this is a, a bottom-up signal to your brain saying, You're, you got to be afraid, right? Well, the brain gets the choice here to say, well, no, body. Um, thank you for the input. However, I don't really feel that way. By naming your fear, it's kind of like the story of the Buddha and Mara where it just says, Hi, Mara, I see you trying to distract me from my meditation come let's have tea by taking away that power just by identifying what is happening it puts you back in the driver's seat it puts you back in control just saying hi i feel stressed hi i feel nervous my body is giving me these sensations which i know that i'm confident here but this is what i'm feeling is a very beautiful lesson in exploring vulnerability When you recognize your emotions at any given moment and greet them with this friendliness, you are practicing acceptance. In this state, you can pay very careful attention to your feelings, allowing yourself to accept them instead of making them into the enemy, maybe cursing at yourself. Why am I so nervous? I have all these people expecting me to give a lecture. I I know my content, but I'm nervous, and now I'm letting everyone down. Well, this aspect of acceptance is crucial because it helps us increase our self-compassion, just loving yourself more. Most of us are only friendly towards ourselves when we're succeeding, right? So as soon as we fail at something, we're so quick to just rush in, judge ourselves, reject the parts of us that are not um, perfect, that are not um, succeeding. But in this moment, it's a really good place for you to just say, hey, how would I treat my friend, or how would I treat my my sibling if they were feeling this way? It can be difficult, but try to extend this to yourself, the same compassion that you would want extended to you from someone else. So, like we said, you'll start to feel this in your body when you're, you're having these uncomfortable situations. And rather of being out of touch of your body, focus on what you're feeling. So, when someone lets you down or, you, you know, it's easy to get really upset saying, you did this to me. But when your first impulse is to get angry, maybe take a second approach. Just noticing that you're getting angry before storming around and cussing, swearing, throwing, whatever it is that you could do to react. Um, focus on the physical sensations that are in your body. So um, you can... Feel that building up and you can feel this uh, almost like a volcano, right? We're getting ready to explode and you can feel yourself calming down when you just take that moment. Instead of concentrating on how furious you are, rushing in to, to confront someone, to be the right one, to be stronger, to be confident, right? Focus on 
how that anger or that feeling is is manifesting itself in your body. Now, you might feel your blood boiling, your face is hot, you may even feel a headache coming on. But as soon as you begin to become aware of your body, there is like this really beautiful tenderness that comes in where you start saying, thank you body for noticing that I was feeling that way and giving me the opportunity to just take a breath and slow down. When you realize that your whole body is tightening, your chest feels tight and you feel like you're about to explode and taking that breath, you become more attuned on how you're feeling and more empathetic to maybe the other person too, to finding the right things to say or having a conversation rather than shouting and accusing. Remember this connection to your body. Remember I talked about when you control the the breath, you control the mind, and when you control the mind, you control the body. But sometimes the body just does its own thing. So to get it back, we have to go back into breath, mind, and then body. This will help you to make better decisions. Unfortunately, most of us are way out of touch from our bodies and to that extent, way out of touch with our minds. So we don't really pay much attention to those physical sensations in every moment. We just kind of move through them. Uh, and Okay, there it is. I'm moving on. I'll be okay. But see, both positive sensations like hugging someone or um, working out or whatever, whatever it is, and negative ones like we've described can offer this beautiful sense of aliveness and this connectedness to ourselves. Even the feeling of the the rain on your face can awaken your senses to let your focus on the experience begin to uh, manifest and show itself. Focusing on the rain, we could say, oh, it's horrible that it's raining, or we could simply dance in the rain. Now, we cause ourselves a lot of suffering, don't we? And I'm trying to get us into how do we move a little deeper into this acceptance. So sometimes it's hard to, to love ourselves. It's Sometimes we're just really, really critical. And we criticize everything that goes wrong. And we talk about um, how this reminds us of our failed relationships and the way we can't hold a job or whatever that is, you know. And... This in turn keeps us away from meditating. I have it all the time in my yoga practices where people say, well, that's great. I just want to move. I can't really do the the meditation part. And that's because we're sitting with those intrusive thoughts and that that really hard self-criticism. And the reason we behave like this is to protect ourselves from suffering. So we just let our mind wander. That way we don't have to sit with who we truly are. So how does this defense mechanism work? Well, instead of allowing ourselves to suffer and feeling uh, suffer feelings of vulnerability, jealousy, fear, whatever, we cover up these emotions with this self-judgment. We push them away, fearing that our vulnerability or jealousy might lead to other things, such as neediness or self-indulgence or all kinds of different things. Um, So we we sit there and judge ourselves as we lay there trying to meditate, but unfortunately rejecting suffering uh, doesn't help. In fact, it's only 
through learning that we can experience suffering, experience it instead of pushing it away and judging it. Um, it's really only by accepting and having compassion for our own suffering that we can discover our innermost nature. Now, Buddhism offers like a really positive approach on this. In fact, it's important to Buddhist teachings to saying that suffering is a gateway to compassion or suffering is grace. We hear that all the time. And being compassionate, we're expressing the deepest parts of ourselves. Suffering is grace. What can we learn from this experience? So as you're laying there trying to meditate and wondering, how the heck do I do this? I'm not even familiar with this process. Uh, this is horrible. I have to sit here with these thoughts. When is it going to be over? Well, that's your lesson right there. Sit in grace. Hey, I see you. The thoughts wandering. I see it jumping over here. Let me take a breath. Ah, I'm back. Now the thoughts are wandering again. And then we reel them back in. And we're not hard on ourselves. We are kind and we explore our vulnerability and we start to feel around in our body what's happening in my knees and my feet. And we just come back. We just keep coming back. And not being angry with ourselves because having to come back all the time, um, we, we start to heal in that way. We start to grow stronger. And heal maybe is not the best word, but we begin to, to, to gain some resilience towards our process. And in the end, able to alleviate this pain or suffering that may be happening because we can't sit with our thoughts through um, our own self-compassion. So only by accepting ourselves for who we are and acknowledging our most painful discomfort, um, our suffered experiences, can we truly begin to love ourselves? But once we establish self-acceptance, we can begin to heal the parts of ourselves that are hurting and find a, an amazing uh, bit of inner peace. Amazing, amazing bit of inner peace. So to summarize, we have this deep intimacy that's waiting for us within ourselves. We express it a lot to others, but it's waiting for us to express it to ourselves, this acceptance of our thoughts, navigating the illusion of ourselves, and also the expectations that we have of ourselves, honoring that there is perspective and that there is truth. We accept all the sensations, though from the bottom up, from our body into our mind, and from our mind down to our body, witnessing them all, accepting things that are hard, especially those that are hard, and recognizing when there are things that are preventing us from evolving, like the news and the social media and maybe societal expectations and maybe even our gender expectations and our roles at home expectations and just kind of superseding that by beginning to, to just accept that that is part of our life, but not all of our life. So we begin to accept um, who we are and finding this acceptance through not dwelling on our thoughts, not dwelling on our faults, and taking pauses, taking pauses where we need to, as we feel that bottom-up sensations coming in, we can take those moments to deeply, deeply explore ourselves and go into self-compassion and vulnerability. By exploring this vulnerability, we learn what our some of the things that we have hidden, some of the, the traumas and some of the stresses that we, that we bury really deep that are causing us to act this way. 
we can focus on these sensations in the body and in the mind and realize that what the suffering that we're putting on ourselves is really grace from the universe. This is us moving into a place where we can learn and where we are free. From these experiences, we begin to truly love ourselves and find our greatest inner peace. This helps you navigate and find acceptance in the things that you have challenges with. It doesn't come overnight. It doesn't happen with just flipping the switch and looking at your notes and going, ah, pause, ah, breathe. But that is a really good first step. When you feel sensations come in, ah, pause, ah, breathe. This is mindfulness in action. This is the inner yogi coming out. This is you moving out of your thinking mind and moving into that heart awareness, this place of compassion for yourself, and in turn, for those all around you. Really grateful you joined today to talk about self-acceptance and this deep intimacy with ourself and our own life experience. Look forward to talking to you on a future episode of Life as an Observer. If you're uh, interested in more content like this, certainly follow me on uh, Ryan Bean Yoga on the social media channels. Please share this uh, podcast with others who you think are maybe having a hard time around this holiday season. Invite them to, to participate in meditations that I lead. And uh, if, you have a, if you're listening to me on any of the podcast sites, your reviews are really, really helpful. Really, really helpful. If you take a moment to review this podcast with five stars, maybe make a comment about you know accepting your uh, accepting your self or loving yourself more this holiday season. I'd love to read those. I look forward to chatting with you maybe after the holidays. I think this will be the last one before we move into the holidays, as we're in uh, almost December the twentieth tomorrow. So, I look forward to chatting with you maybe after the holidays as we set some goals for the new year. Namaste, my friends.